Hey kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. That's right, we're The Simpsons Podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond and the new episodes when they air. Why do we do it that way? Well, you see, there is an entity known as the Wheel of Random who forced us to watch episodes from those later seasons because there's plenty of podcasts out there that have discussed the Golden Age, that being seasons 1 through 10. So the Wheel of Random said, hey, let's see if there's any gems out there that can match those Golden Age episodes. And hey, when the new season airs, you watch those instead. Again, this is from the perspective of the Wheel of Random said, hey, you guys, you guys over there, you're doing this podcast. I curse thee upon to you as I say to he. <sighs> Let's just get the show on the road here, folks. I want to say we I'm talking about me. I'm primary annoyed grunt boy Craig. And with me is uh, my goon, the enforcer of this podcast, the other annoyed grunt boy. Steve, I'm ready to pound faces, Craig. What do you need? Well, you like pounding on some things, Steve. I don't know if it's faces. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great here, Steve. Uh, That's right. It's hockey season, and we got a hockey uh, episode coming up. I'm excited. How about you? Uh, yeah, I love to talk about hockey, but also there's some inappropriate sharing in this episode. As we've talked about before, I work at a grocery store, but I manage a beer and wine bar. And I have a customer, older gentleman, uh, we'll call him... Mr. Black. Do you remember the Bobby Moynihan character, Drunk Uncle? Yeah, of course. Okay, that's kind of his vibe. He comes Bobby in... Moynihan, who does this classic drop? Glacier Castle. Exactly. Uh, so he comes in about twice a week, and he drinks uh, hard cider because his gut cannot handle beer anymore. And he explains why in great detail, which I will not discuss you with. And he refers to my wife, who also works at the store, as my child bride because uh, <laughs> she's uh, seven years my junior. And so normally, and Steve, what you're only uh, twelve years old, so let's exactly. get that out there. Yeah, so it's appropriate, but still a little weird. The way that the day works when he visits is he'll do some shopping, then he'll sit at the bar and he'll have one cider, be fine, we'll be chatting, we'll just talk about stuff, and then he'll talk more and more, and he'll get more drunk, and then he'll get a little, little loud and a little uh, offensive. I've known him for about three years now because he's been coming in and he really likes to talk to me. And he, he finally said, Steve, do you have any hobbies? And I don't know why I felt compelled, but I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. And he's like, no. oh, what, <laughs> what uh, topics do you discuss? And I was like, oh, The Simpsons. And he's like, oh, uh, does Matt still work on that? <laughs> and I was like, I think his name is still on there, but he's not as involved as he used to be. And he's like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, that show's been on a long time and they've done a lot of stuff with it. You know, on the Internet, they have pornography with the simpsons and it's really good it's very accurate and they do a lot of stuff <laughs> and i was like i've heard about this and he's like yeah it's uh it's amazing how uh they don't sign their names though because i feel like the artist should get credit but then they probably get sued so they have to change their names real quick and he talked to me about this for a good five to seven minutes about how it's a shame that the pornographers who uh do bootleg pornography of the simpsons don't get their credit and then he talked about how his phone uh he couldn't log his log into his phone because he forgot all his passwords and then he got angry and left but yeah so uh Making fans left and right. So all I'm hearing is that uh, his conversations about The Simpsons with you is more interesting than me and that you're replacing me with this guy named Mr. Black. Yep. <laughs> so next week, Mr. Black. 
We're going to get blue. With a good old Mr. Black. There. Yeah, that's right. Annoyed grunt boy. Mr. Black. Very uh, uh, interesting conversation. So, uh, yeah. Hey, kids, check out the Simpsons porn that uh, Mr. Black suggests, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's there. It's out there. Yeah. <laughs> Give those artists the credit they deserve. That's the real moral of this story is celebrate the uh, bootleg pornographers who, you know, why do they do this? Like, because it's do... mostly free, right? Do, like, do people pay for this? Hold on. I'm just looking at my credit card statement. No. Okay. So it's just for artistic expression. That's look. That's I'm not about beautiful. Simpsons pornography. Bob's Burgers, on the other hand, <laughs> I still haven't watched. I no, never mind. I have seen one full episode of Bob's Burgers. It's a great show. I haven't continued. I've seen more episodes of The Great North with uh, <laughs> the star of this episode, uh, Will Forte, than I've seen yeah. Bob's Burgers. I'm just saying you're missing out. It's a good yeah. show. Hey, speaking of The Great North, mm-hmm. talking about Canada, right? Well, that that show takes place in in Alaska. Yeah, but. Uh, Alaska's butthole will be Canada. This is true. Let's go to Canada. And uh, you know what they like up there, Steve? What's that, Craig? They like beer. Hmm. So it's time to go to our favorite corner, the Simpsons Beer Corner. (laughs) When I think of hockey, it's like the only sport that... uh, You can also fight in it, right? That's true. And if we have to stereotype a a group of people, what comes to mind? With hockey and Canadians? Well, no, just fighting in general and drinking. Oh, you know, uh, you know, losing your teeth, your big fights and uh, bruises and black eyes. What nationality, what group of people would you consider fight a lot? Oh, the Irish. There you go. The the Irish love to drink and fight. And uh, and drink and drink and fight. Yes. Fight, 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 drink, drink, drink. And what's the uh, most uh, popular beer out of uh, uh, Ireland? It's got to be a Guinness. Yes. But this specifically is the Guinness brand, but I think it was created here in the good old states. Ooh. In Baltimore, Maryland, from their brewery. This is a beer that I've had in possession for a couple of weeks now. I've been waiting for it. Ooh. There's never a right time for it, but today might be the right time. Steve, one of my favorite drinks is an old-fashioned. It's a great drink. Probably my favorite go-to. I love a Manhattan. I love a old-fashioned. I love a Spider-Hatton. I love a, mm-hmm. what was my drink I made last week? That one. The, the Batman Manitoba. Batman, yeah, Manitoba. Oh, right, yeah, because Canada. There we go. Uh, but this one is it's from Open Gate Brewery. Uh, which is Guinness label. Not oh. familiar with what uh, what that's all about here. It's a very pretty label. It's uh, red and gold. A very festive, right? But this is what the ale is called. It's called an old fashioned inspired ale. Whoa! It's an ale aged in Kentucky bourbon. Lovely. With orange and cherry, of course. Old, uh, old fashioned is you got to have an orange and cherry in it. Mm-hmm. Don't muddle them. <laughs> That'd be weird. Anyways, it's got ten point eight percent alcohol by volume. On the bottle, it reads, uh, when you hear old-fashioned, certain flavors come to mind. Warming vanilla, oak, sweet cherry, and bright orange. Hmm. We age this cocktail-inspired beer in Kentucky bourbon barrels and finished with an orange and cherry. So, uh, ooh, man, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Oh, yes. Do a little pourry pour in a glass here. It's got a nice uh, coppery red hue to it. Mm. That smell, man, that is like... You know how sometimes you can smell a, uh, an alcohol beverage and you're like, hopefully it tastes good. Right. I want this as my uh, clone. <laughs> I want my soap to smell this way. Wow. It's so uh, rich and wheaty smelling, barley-ish. Mm-hmm. I guess this is from... <laughs> I, I know I've had to sip it, but man, it smells so good. Sounds okay. delightful. 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 I'm done. You drank it all? 
No, I'm done with this bit. Okay. There will never be a better beer created on God's green earth. Wow. The old-fashioned inspired ale from Open Gates Brewery Guinness. That's amazing. Uh, high praise indeed. I'm not joking. I will never find a better ale. It's light. It's smooth, but it, it finishes party. Honestly, think Raisin Bran. I, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, that sounds this really good. Is Raisin Bran? I know, like that, maybe not a favorite profile flavor profile, but you know how like when you ate Raisin Bran and you got the sugary raisins, like that's all you wanted. Uh-huh. This is it. Oh wow! You get the brandiness and like the sugary, oh, which must be the the hints of the the cherry and oh man, I need to leave this podcast and go and buy every <laughs> single bottle at Total Wine and More. <laughs> Anyway, it's 10% alcohol, but I could probably do a couple of these. Yeah, just because it's so tasty. Yeah, it's arguably my favorite beer I've ever had. That sounds incredible. I uh, really like the sound of that. I, I I need to try this. You need to go now and find this. <laughs> guys, check it out. Highly recommend this, guys. At Old Fashioned Inspired Ale, Open Gates, Guinness Brewery. It's uh, it's a winner. It, it's 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 pretty, too, because it looks like that's it's the color. It looks like an old-fashioned. Yeah, it's a... It, I'm looking at it now. Um, yeah, it's just a classic looking bottle. And the, the beer itself, yeah, looks looks like you're drinking an old fashioned. No ice needed. Beautiful. I'm going to finish this and be happy. How about you, Steve? Uh, well, Craig, uh, I also was inspired by this episode, but I also did not go to Canada. But I got some Canadian inspiration because I have from Freem Brewing right here in Oregon, Hood River to be precise, uh, a maple barrel aged smoked porter. Mm. This is from their barrel aged series. The can or the bottle is a very classic, just a white a white label with a gold the PF of Freem in there. Um, and the text reads: Freem maple barrel aged uh, smoked porter is a rich delight for the senses. Cozy notes of pecan pie, rich toffee, and dark chocolate delight give this uh, palate before giving way to the decadent finish. Go ahead, treat yourself. Comes in at uh, 9.1%, and it's said to be enjoyed at 45 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, not Celsius. So that'd be a very hot beer. Or it's nice and uh, dark, but not too dark. There's like a hint of lighter brown in there. Ooh, it uh, smells like a boozy coconut. Ooh. Yeah, but it's not actually coconut in there, but there's like this sweetness to it, kind of like fruitiness, but it's so very dark. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, just kind of mm, coats your mouth with like a nice maple, but it's not overly sweet because the barrel age kind of gives it like that kind of whiskey burn a little bit. Oh, I like that. Yeah, um, this is really solid beer. I don't know that it can compete with yours because yours sounds incredible, but this is a really, really delicious beer. Um, I could all definitely drink a few of these myself. Yeah, it just has this nice... Take another sip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like taking a spoonful of maple syrup and then chasing it with a shot of whiskey. That sounds like my uh, breakfast every morning. Exactly. <laughs> the old Canadian pancake. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Freem. Uh, to me, they can do no wrong. I've never had a bad beer from them, and their street continues with this. Uh, their barrel-aged maple porter. Ah, incredible. Good stuff. You just like them because their bear is a logo, right? Their logo is a bear? Yes, that is a factor. <laughs> Not the uh, former goaltender, a bear. <laughs> what was his first name? Uh, I, I don't even know. I just know that every time it was fun to, anytime he stopped me from scoring, the announcer on the video game would say, goal stop by a bear. 
<laughs> and that never was not funny to me. Now, if you gave that bear cocaine, now we're talking about something different. Uh, uh, Guy Hebert? Is that who we're talking about? That's it. You, yeah, you, you're right. He played it for the Guy. Blues and the Ducks. It was always against the Ducks, right? That's right. It was. All right. Guy Hebert. Currently, is the associate host on Bally Sports Prime Ticket for Anaheim Ducks home game. So Good for that's you, what Guy. Doing now. Guy Hebert. What a Canadian name, Steve. It is. Uh, this beer. <laughs> you know, I also have it. I poured it into a... Uh, <laughs> into a, a cocktail glass just i wanted to see the color so like i almost drink this beer with a cocktail glass because it makes you feel like you're drinking an old-fashioned hmm, yeah it's nice it's classy this is such a great beer well speaking of hockey steve i put my hockey sweater on i got my kraken uh jersey on or sorry kraken sweater on and i notice you're not wearing your hockey sweater that's sad you should put it on a hockey sweater do you even have one i don't and it's kind of drafty in here feels like an ice rink so i'm i'm, I'm kind of cold which is weird because we are recording this on an ice rink. Yeah. They're doing a lot of uh, triple axles and stuff like that. Yeah. Burr. This is the only space we can record a podcast is in the middle of an ice rink. Yeah, we paid off the Zamboni guy to <laughs> let us record for a few minutes. Um, well, Steve, let's uh, just get into this week's episode. We are talking hockey. We are talking Simpsons. That's right. Well, let's talk about uh, other pop culture things like movies and music. What was the number one movie in the box office this week? Once again, for the seventh week in a row, we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Is this where I play the clip? <laughs> Wait, we don't sure. do that anymore, right? Okay. No. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah. it uh, remains to be number one. Good for them. And uh, Craig, while we were rocking out to uh, Black Panther <laughs> and the action that Wakanda Forever offers. Yeah, we go we go every week. <laughs> yeah. You know, we just thought we better do it. It's yeah, we gotta movie. do it. Uh, but uh, when we were leaving the car and talking about how that movie started to get a little old at this point. Yeah. Uh, what were we listening to? Well, since I was driving, of course, I put on Taylor Swift and we listened mm-hmm. to Antihero, which happens also to be the, still the number one song. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby. Now, we've listened to this song several times, and I noticed something listening to the playback last week. That I use like the uh, same clips usually? <laughs> well, that, and there's a line in the song that says that something about people being sexy babies <laughs> and that she's a monster. Yeah, I, I always put it in there because it's a weird line. That's why I like put it in there. <laughs> yeah, it took me forever to notice that it's like listening to this like sexy babies and you're a giant monster. It's, it's just like she's just doing a 30 Rock reference. To Christine okay. Milati's character, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. <laughs> Look that up. Uh, Chris, what's her name? Chris, Christine Milati? Yeah. She plays yeah. A, a role on uh, uh, 30 Rock. What for the later seasons, right? It was kind of probably, a, yeah, probably season four, season five, maybe. And she's playing off that female comic in like the, the mid 2000s who's like, I'm cute, but also a slut. Like that was the persona of the character. Right. I'm like, a sexy baby. I'm a, and she's like, I'm a sexy baby. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe that's maybe that's what Taylor's referencing, but it's just a yeah. weird like it is a weird line. And uh, that's why I keep playing it. Well, I hope that next week she gets in the holiday spirit and does a cover of Werewolf for Mitzvah. <laughs> I, I have a I have a feeling, Steve, that uh, next week we might not be uh, talking about uh, Black Panther or Taylor Swift. I think you might be right. I don't know why, but I just assume. Hmm. Yeah, because we might have to go back in a time machine next week. Ooh, spoilers. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, let's just get on with this week's episode. Steve, we're going to be talking about Top Goon. The episode's about Coach Mo recruits the world's greatest brawlers to teach Nelson the art of being a hockey goon. And uh, like I a think lot of fun. It does sound like a lot of fun. I think uh, 
Steve, you want me to put your hockey sweater on so I could pull off you and just go to Pound Town with you? That sounds like a great time going down to Pound Town. Yeah, is that what they say? I don't know. Uh, but let's uh, let's just sip our drinks, maybe finish them during this break. I don't know. I might <laughs> I might finish mine during this break and get a new one, but uh, this is the best beer ever. Uh, wow. But yeah, let's go take a break, and uh, we'll be right back. Antihero. All right, hosers, we're back. Today's episode is Top Goon. It's the 11th episode of the 34th season, originally aired December 11th, 2022. It is uh, episode 739 in the show's run. The nerd code is OABF04. It was written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Chris Clements, and the showrunners are Al Jean and Matt Selman. Joel H. Cohen, a Canadian producer and screenwriter uh, who uh, wrote for uh, Saturday Night Live, Suddenly Susan, and of course, The Simpsons. He's done 34 episodes of The Simpsons, and this is the 10th one that we're talking about. Uh, we did Brawl in the Family way back in uh, June of 2019. We did Homer's Paternity Coot. He Loves to Fly and He Does, the Stephen Colbert Chicago episode, Lisa Simpson, This Isn't Your Life, Clown of the Dumps, Q Detective, where we got the classic sound clip, Clash of Castle, Teenage Mutant Milk Caused Hurdles, The Ways We Were from last season, and Pretty Little Liar, also from last season. Wow. They got a Canadian to write an episode about hockey. It's appropriate. I like it. What? So they didn't get their Moroccan writer to write about hockey? Let the Moroccans write about football. Hey, Morocco, they're in the World Cup. That's uh, right. This episode airs uh, before the final. So um, good luck to Morocco and France. And who are the other two teams, Steve? Argentina? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Argentina. I hardly know her. <laughs> and Steve, the, the fourth team is, of course, Croatia, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm a big cup head. You're a big ball buster. No, yeah. I've not watched a moment of uh, World Cup soccer because I don't care. Well, see, Steve, if you work from home, mm -hmm. you can turn it on at 11 o'clock in the morning, Pacific Standard Time, and there's always a game on. So that's true. I've been watching it, even though I'm not big into FIFA. I think FIFA is a horrible uh, organization. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the country of Qatar is, uh, you know, against uh, human rights. Sure. And uh, I really don't know the rules of, of the game football, uh, both American and uh, yeah. world. <laughs> but I was enjoying it. I've been enjoying it. So that's good. Uh, every team I root for, they, they lose. Like uh, the team I was rooting for was Canada. I don't think they made it past like the first round. <laughs> oh, Canada. They had ice skates on the whole time. It was really weird. That's the problem. Yeah. Hey, we're hey, Gordy. Get on the grass there. We're, we're stereotyping uh, Canada, but uh, it's okay. They're our, they're our hat to our yes. face. <laughs> Now, if you think about it, Florida. <laughs> well, no, I mean, if you think of countries, uh, Mexico's our wang, Canada's okay. our head, and we're just the body of uh, okay. North America. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Canada tracks. head, USA body, and Mexico uh, legs and butthole and dick and vagina. Yeah. And World Cup uh, in four years, the North America's hosting it. There's going to be games in Canada, Mexico, and. Uh, no, oh, wow. I think historically, anytime a country hosts the World Cup, their economy just goes to shit. Oh, is that true? And they're like, yeah, they're kind of ruined for decades afterwards because once they're like, they get all the money, but then they have to like repair everything that happens. And it's usually not fiscally worth it to host a team because, or host the World Cup or the Olympics even what? because I, the after effects are so bad. It's multiple cities are hosting. So it's not like all mm. going to be in like just one generalized 
city. That's good then. Yeah, there's gonna be games in Mexico, Canada, and uh, U.S. and cities all over. I think Seattle might be hosting a game or two. Oh wow! Yeah, maybe I'll have a put my house up on Airbnb for that. <laughs> Two thousand dollars. Hey, it's three hours to you know the stadium, so it's not that far of a drive. Yeah, if you're coming from Belize, that's nothing, right? Uh, but we're not a soccer or football, as uh, everyone else will call it, or sports. We're a cartoon podcast. We should be talking about cartoons. Yeah, let's talk about the Simpsons. In fact, the last episode of 2022. Uh, <laughs> I thought you knew something that I didn't know. Yeah, Matt Groening and the Simpsons got canceled on the same day. <laughs> no, no. What, did uh, James Gunn take it over and start canceling The Simpsons too? Like he canceled every <laughs> DC property? Oh, yeah. Oh, timely joke. Taking them down like lead balloons. <sighs> no, our episode begins, as it always does, with the clouds forming on the screen, but the sky is turning gray. The rain begins to fall, and the text reads, Mo Sizzlack. Springfield's favorite dirtbag bartender hums a familiar tune while sweeping in front of his tavern. His morning duties are interrupted, though, however, by a horrible sound of a leaf blower. And I personally hate leaf blowers. They're the bane of my existence, or one of my banes. Yeah, what what's the deal with leaf blowers? Like, what's the point of them? They're basically dick machines. Like, I mean, <laughs> a machine to be a dick, not... That was machine. my nickname in high school. <laughs> Because he always stuck double D batteries up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I came battery acid. Oh, God. Sounds painful for all the parties involved. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm a eunuch now. Yeah. You're going to have one of those Duracell babies that look like the Primus video. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> um, that joke's for nobody. Um, yeah. I don't know why leaf floors. Because you're just pushing the leaves to somebody else to deal with normally and it's just you know, and people always do them at like six in the morning and it's just so annoying have i ever told you about my neighbor because i have got a big uh tree in the front yard so you know obviously during the fall when the leaves obviously fall it'll mm -hmm. create a pile on the street and then usually the street sweeper comes in and gets them up right mm -hmm. so i'm like yeah i don't have to deal with it that's what we pay the tax for you know i pay the homer tax and they pay the bear tax right but sometimes my neighbor, if it's been like dry, he'll just go and like mow the leaves on my side of like the street. Weird. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Like not rake them, just like mow them. Down. Mow them. Yeah. I guess that works. Right. But like, well, you know, I'm taking at least my side of the street. But I mean, it's nice of him doing that. Yeah. It's just weird. It is weird. But F leaf blowers? F leaf blowers. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that sounds like an author from the 1800s. Yeah. F leaf blowers. Yeah. Um, as a person hole cover hits Mo in the head, he demands that his neighbor, the owner of King Toots Music Store, to keep it down. Person hole cover was also my name name in high school. <laughs> it's only the only punchline I got this week, guys. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. Uh, so Mo complains that uh, the noise is disturbing his customers, and then we see Barney waking up in the gutter. Got a nice little like sweater on there. Yeah, and then, sweater. There's a there's a rat next to him, and he answers it like it's a phone. He tells uh tells them to start start the board meeting without him. He then hangs up the rodent and then falls back asleep. But uh, meanwhile, um, Mo confronts the uh, small business owner next door. I wonder if it's the legendary King Toot himself. Perhaps. Oops! Is my new Kawabashi Leaf Ninja set in show-off mode? That's 500 cc's just chomping at the bit. Ow! My black market cochlear implant! Now let me blow something else. You're mine. Ow! My black market LASIK surgery! The youth hockey team that I sponsor and coach won the championship this year. Uh, trophies are what they give to winners when they win. F. Y. I. Okay, stuff like this is why Gail left you. No one knows why Gail left me. 
Zipper Gale and my more handsome brother. But don't let my success get to you, Mo. Remember, just because something good happens to me, you're a giant loser. Anyway, just something for you to stew on. Right, sure I am. Me, stew. No way. Not stew. Not me. No stew. Hey, stew. <laughs> me, stew? I ain't spending one second replaying my failures. McGruber himself. That's right. The last man on Earth. And other things he was in. That's right. He's on uh, The Great North, which is also on Fox on Sunday nights. Oh, he got two paychecks this week? That's right. Uh, Will Forte, everyone, and welcome to the show. Yes, and weirdly, we have not covered it yet, but this is his third appearance as the music store owner, King Toot. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, I didn't know this until I researched (laughs) it, but he was in season 26, eighth episode, Covercraft in 2014, and then in Woohoo Done It the season finale of the 30th season. That's funny. We were talking about last week. How like, wow, we get to yeah. King Toot. Like other Simpsons band are out there. We're like, these guys are fucking morons. We've already met him. Call themselves a Simpsons podcast. And yet here we are. There's a lot of episodes, folks. It's uh, <laughs> hard to do. Yeah. I don't think, you know, when we're talking our favorite quotes from the Simpsons, like, uh, I don't know. I choo choo choose you or I bet my right. wiki. No one says, oh, remember that funny quote from season 26 is eighth episode Covercraft? Yeah. When King Toots said that thing about saxophones. <laughs> Maybe he was with Gail at the time. I don't know. Maybe. Like, who's Gail? I mean, I bet Simpsons fans know. I mean. Yeah, they probably all have his her action figure. And <laughs> she's probably a major character on Tapped Out right now. Exactly. Gail's Gale Force Wind. I assume <sighs> that she's a whale, uh, a weather person. I don't know. And who's a King Toots brother? Prince. Prince. <laughs> yeah, it's just Prince. Prince. R.I.P. Rest in power. Purple King. <sighs> Anyways, uh, uh, Will Forte couldn't be with us this week. Uh, Steve uh, lost his phone number. I always do that. I just stick in my pocket. I do a little laundry and it comes out and it just says, Wolf, Will Forte. And I can't <laughs> read it. So it's 555 something. So I'll just keep that, on down. 555-1111 and so on. So on and so forth. All right. Well, that, that clip there... Um, I just love his acting as a King Toot and think his yeah. delivery is great. I mean, he is a great voice over artist and uh, Stu drop walking by is pretty funny. Yeah, it was good. And uh, I like uh, King Toot's look. He's a dirtbag, but like a different kind of dirtbag than Mo is. Yeah, you would see his face and you wouldn't think Will Forte's voice. Exactly. Yeah, which is a, a nice thing. You think more of like a uh, kind of guy like it is, you know. Yeah, kind of like the cop collage guy from. Yeah, New York. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Uh, But Mo, despite his uh, vows to not dwell on the failures in his past, spends the next 10 months thinking about those failures, such as... How he ain't got no money or education. His mattress is a pile of flyers that he's supposed to deliver. Is uh, flyers a hint to the future team name? I think so. (laughs) Uh, He was invited to five different dinners for schmucks in one week. Is that a... He went to see that movie dinner for schmucks five times in one week? Yeah. That'd be hell. That would be awful. I've actually never seen that movie. That's what Steve hasn't seen, but... Yeah, it's got Paul and Steve Carell. Well, Paul Rudd and Steve Carell, not Paul Carell and Steve. (laughs) I love Paul Carell. (laughs) Um, You'd think it'd be funny, but probably had bad rottens on it, right? Yeah, and I think it was pretty, pretty maligned universally. Yeah. He only has one light bulb that he has to take from room to room. (laughs) That's so sad. I think that was my favorite, but... So every sex cult he joins turns into a suicide cult. Oh, that's dark. Yeah. But the good thing about suicide cults is they don't last too long. Thank you. 
All right. Uh, hey, so Mo uh, ruminates about whether he's a spec or a scuzz, and the bar patrons of Barney, Carl, and Lenny continue to frequent the drinking establishment, drinking alone together on, on Valentine's Day. But then Homer joins the trio for St. Patrick's Day, and they're all dressed for the occasion there in green, just like their beer. And then for Independence Day, they all wear stars and stripes, except Homer, who wears like a George Washington costume. <laughs> is, that a, is that a popular costume to wear on Fourth of July? Oh, yeah. Everyone's like a, always doing that. I wonder, like, Uncle Sam, maybe, but... Mm -hmm. George Washington, anyway. So, but then for Halloween, it's great because then Barney's dressed as Wario. Carl is uh, like Spider Man, maybe. I don't Is there, I was going to look this up. Has there ever been a purple Spider Man costume? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, the closest you'll get to is like the Prowler who ha who wears a lot of purple, but not, but that's his uncle. That's Miles Morales' uncle. Yeah. Right. So, who's not yeah. Spider Man, Steve? I know. And well, Barney's not wa Wario either because. No, no, there's, I, I'm making an inside joke because. Uh, oh, right, right, uh, right. Annoying internet people are saying Miles Morales isn't Spider Man. Peter Parker is. And it's like, that's no, stupid. Miles Morales is Spider Man too. Anyone can be Spider Man. That's the whole point of Spider Man. Uh, nope, nope. Ben Riley is my only Spider Man. Hey, that was my Spider Man in the 90s and I liked it. See the reason <laughs> awesome. why I stopped reading Spider Man? Maybe. <laughs> But it's the coolest costume. It's got just a hoodie. Yeah. Tights. I love that one. Oh, look here. So I typed in purple Spider-Man and I'm on toynk.com. And there's a Marvel Spider-Man Funko Pop figure with Miles Morales in a purple rain suit. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Then Lenny is is one of those squid game characters. <laughs> but funny is that uh, Homer is still George Washington. So he's just George Washington <laughs> on uh, Halloween. But hey, that's a uh, resourceful, right? It is. I just finally... Uh, body a Santa Claus costume. I've always wanted to do Santa Claus, but mm -hmm. now I got uh, two costumes. Yeah, it's like uh, when uh, Ron Swanson would show up to a, a Halloween party dressed as a pirate, and he's like, "Weren't you a pirate last year?" And he's like, <laughs> "Yeah, this is my Halloween costume." <laughs> yeah. Why do you need more than one? Well, I mean, that's kind of me. Like, I just, my Ghostbusters. But then again, I make variation Ghostbuster outfits. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I put the Santa suit on, sadly, I was like, things a little tight. A little snug. <laughs> yeah. It's a fun size fit all. Everyone's like, man, oh. it's a pretty good looking fake belly. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, full of uh, jelly, not beer. <laughs> it's mostly beer and wings, Steve. Sure. A little bit of pizza in there. Yeah, that's what uh, my belly's full of, too. <laughs> Anyway, so the bar customers would have consoled Mo sooner, but that would mean they would uh, have to touch his shoulder. Ugh. Ew. Uh, back at 742 Evergreen Terrace, Homer arrives at home with uh, Lisa on his shoulder, triumphantly announcing that soccer season is over. Lisa, with her participation trophy, receives praise from Marge. Uh, Lisa says it wasn't easy, but she did the bare minimum. With uh, soccer season now over, Homer can begin sitting season, which sounds delightful. But before Homer can place his sweet little ass on the couch, Marge reminds him that Bart's first junior hockey game is today. While Marge feels like uh, this is a great opportunity for father-son bonding, Homer tells her that it's him driving while Bart looks at his phone, and then Bart playing hockey while he looks at his phone, and then Homer driving while they both look at their phones. That's what kids' sports is these days, which I imagine is true. You can really feel for Homer in this scene, even though we don't have kids. It's yeah. uh, every parent has to put up with the uh, sports. And as kids, you think you're doing it for your parents. Right. <laughs> but they'd rather just be home sitting. So what I'm trying to say is, kids, don't do any activities. Let your parents just sit on the couch and do nothing. Yeah, just stay at home and play video games. You know you want to anyway, so I mean, everybody wins. Wait, what are we telling kids right now? Maybe we shouldn't be saying any of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyways, at the Springfield rink uh, where boredom goes counterclockwise, Springfield Bar Flyers, consisting of uh, Bart, Milhouse, Lewis Clark, Sophie Kristofsky, Janie, Sherry O'Terry, and Ralph as the uh, goalie. Seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, receive a pep talk from the good old Mo. He's the coach after all. Okay, diapers. I'm going to tell you something no coach ever had the heart to say to his players. You are only here to fix my emotional problems. Yeah! We're 20 games away from me getting a trophy and six payments away from me owning this whistle. Now, you all know the game plan. We suck except Bart, so give him the stupid puck and then shut our stupid mouths, you stupid pukes. Yeah, good job, uh, kid who ain't Bart. Now, let's go watch Bart do this. I gotta say, I really like uh, Moe's coach outfit. It's a good look. Just like a brown, like a tan shirt with a brown tie. Yeah, and a black sports coat and gray slacks. It looks very seventies. It does, but I think I, I I would rock that. Maybe not with the whistle, but actually keep the whistle. Yeah, why not? You know, when people see you, you think they you're an authority figure. Mm-hmm. You know how the every year the Simpsons man on uh, Instagram always has a puts the, the costumes up for Halloween costumes from the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna submit yours. You're like, yeah, no, you don't you don't cut it, Steve. Yeah, you're just a guy. <laughs> Yeah, we see there's a picture of you next to Mo, but uh, we don't need two of these uh, of those type of mugs on on my my computer screen here. Yeah, I he's, don't have a, a not yeah. ugly filter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a good look. Yeah. So as King Toot places a world's best trophy sash on his championship trophy, the first game of the season gets underway. At the faceoff, Bart gains control of the puck with ease. He skates down the ice with deft skills and sinks a goal. Bart then moonwalks in his skates while Mo mocks King Toot. He then shakes a can of Duff beer that has the word champagne taped on it and sprays his team of children with beer. I wonder if this is a uh, reference to Bad News Bears, maybe, because at the end, uh, when spoilers, when the Bears uh, lose to the Yankees in the championship, mm-hmm. they all grab uh, uh, Walter Matthau's beers and just <laughs> shake them up and start spraying each other with them. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it could be. Bad News Bears, great movie. I know there's some problematic language in it, but that's how kids talked in the 70s. They were and- always saying the N-word. Steve, they're still probably saying the N-word. We just don't. Uh... No, we do know because of social media. Yeah. 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 What a silly, silly country. And the parents that raise these little brats. What a time to be alive. I also got to say the uh, uh, locker room beforehand. We talked about the suit. I was I was thinking uh, the flag with their logo is great. Maybe I'll put that on my uh, diesel truck instead of my uh, Trump 2024 <laughs> flag. I like that. Yeah. King Toot whispers to one of his players who appears to be a fully grown adult man. Uh, the player takes to the ice and immediately slams Bart in the glass. The tutor's coach there mockingly invites Mo to retaliate by sending his biggest player. But then Mo's like looking at his team and sees each kid is like smaller than last. And you know, this like tiny little kid who's eager to rip the opponent's limb to limb. It's a very adorable kid. kid. Yeah. Uh, once he's able to climb off the bench, like he does that, like it's animated so well because they do it in the yeah. way a little toddler gets off a couch. Like they turn backwards and they kind of they like, sit on their stomach and yes. then like, yeah, because <laughs> it's okay. too scary to go forward because you might fall all the way forward and hit your face. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, very good animation scene there. So anyways, uh, uh, Bart is surrounded by three large people who keep pushing him around. And, uh, you know, where's the ref here? Right. There's a lot of high yeah. here. It's true. Like three three men on one. I don't think that's in the rules, guys. But then you have like two of the other players just easily passing there and, and getting the puck between uh, Ralph's legs. And he states uh, the net ate my hockey cookie. Um, <laughs> Mo, come on. Why would you put Ralph as the goaltender? Yeah, like Milhouse has goalie experience. Right. And why isn't uh, Lisa like on the team? Because she was is... doing soccer? Yeah, but my biggest issue with this episode, and we'll get to our thoughts later, but 
is that they make no acknowledgement that Lisa used to play hockey. Right. And yeah, Wiggins exactly. Was Wiggins was also too. a coach. And uh, maybe that's why he quit in Mo. And shouldn't, uh, aren't you supposed to like in junior sports? I don't know if it's true with hockey, but maybe, but especially the juniors, like shouldn't, uh, doesn't a parent have to be a coach or at least a parent? I think so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like one doesn't have to be, but one has to. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It is weird that a bartender would, or a bar (laughs) owner would have a hockey league full of kids. He's just the sponsor. That's true. I mean, when I was, you know, playing like Little League or whatever, you know, it was like uh, some electrician company, you know, is like our sponsor. But, you know, the manager of the electrician's electronic store didn't coach us. <laughs> I never played sports. <laughs> uh, the game is you just, over. You just uh, gambled on them when you were a kid. Exactly. Yeah. Got five G's on the, uh, the Wildcats over there. You do great because there's always a Wildcats. So they'll always win or lose. Uh, the game is over, and it's the Tudors with 10 and the Bar Flyers with one single goal. Mo lets out a moan of defeat and leans his head on the glass. That moan continues as he sits on the bus until he finds Martin being pounded by Nelson with his fist against a fence. Oh, thank heavens! An adult has arrived to help me! No, no, no. I'm just here to observe. Uh, how would you like to play hockey? Uh, hockey? It's the most messed up sport in the world. It's like a prison riot, but with less rules. And you, you would play the best position of all, the goon. Goon, pretty word. What it mean? It's that sweet spot between a dog and an enforcer. Anyone who comes near the best players on the team, the goon turns their face into mustard. (laughs) You're exactly what my team needs. Team? I don't do teams, sorry. Oh, I gotta deal with this. No, I get it. People look at scuzzers like us like we got the plague. Which, when I did, it weren't even bubonic. Uh, our schedule, in case you change your mind there. Maybe we'll both find out what it feels like to be winners. I enjoy how Martin says the word adult. He says adult. Mm-hmm. Like a proper lad would, I guess. Yeah. Um, his poor pierogies. Poor pierogies. I love a pierogi. Uh, another Gray Griffin. Great reading lines on uh, good old uh, Martin. Yeah, a lot of really good voice work and good. Uh, I don't know. I, I love like Nelson's the ha ha key. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And then uh, when he learns what goon is, pretty word what it means. <laughs> Funny to me. Yes, of course. Uh, there's our ongoing theory that Martin and Nelson as adults will be lovers. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we can make the jokes all we want, but we're not going to. No, but I will say that it's uh, surprising. I would say that Mo and Nelson never paired up like this before. It, it, it works really well. It's a fun dynamic. All right, let's go back to the rink. All right, Steve. All right. So back there, um, a telescope scans the ice and finds a net. Captain McAllister, who really has a peg leg. Never had a peg leg before. Yeah. What's up with that? Like, I looked through the internet and like there were action figures. There's like. I I have my, I'm literally looking at my action figure right now. I have three action figures from the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. It's Agnes Lamb of God, Chalmers, and the Sea Captain. Yeah. So when did he get a peg leg? Is this I mean, another episode that we haven't got to I, yet? I'm I'm guessing so. Is it just for the joke that he doesn't have a leg? So he and then you know him uh, coaching a hockey team is funny because he doesn't have one. I mean, even if you don't have a foot, you can still get a prosthetic skate. Yeah, exactly. But his logo does have like him as a hockey stick. <laughs> Was like George Cohn, like oh um, yeah, our pirate doesn't have legs, right? He's just got like peg legs and peg arms. They're like no, 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 that's the Family Guy right. copy of of The Simpsons. 
Like, eh, who gives a shit? No one's going to notice. And you know who noticed? The annoyed grunt boy, Steve. That's right. The goon himself of this podcast, Steve. Yeah, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> so uh, maybe he did lose a leg. That's so weird. Yeah, I'm looking at his uh, wiki, and there's nothing about it. He has a real estate license. <laughs> He's Bumblebee Man's neighbor. Did, did uh, anyone on Twitter post this to, like, Al Jean? Or, or, I don't uh, think so. Hmm. Maybe, Maybe we need we to pose the question. Yeah. Okay. And then hopefully by this time uh, this episode airs, uh, we'll have an answer. But not right now. That's Unless right. in, in real time, Al Jean uh, sees the tweet, Steve. Maybe. Uh, but that would make us have to like do work. <laughs> I don't like to do work. Yeah, we'll get back to that. But uh, yeah, weird. Okay. So the ice levers then go for the goal and damn the other team's neutral zone trap, right? So Homer sits in the bleachers complaining about another weekend murdered by kids sports. He wonders like why this is the only sport without a labor dispute. And he tells the team like to unionize. Uh, with 14 and a half minutes uh, left in the third period, the bar flyers are down seven to nothing. Bart is thrown to the boards and complains to Mo that he's getting brutalized. Mo offers that the children's wing of the hospital is lovely with murals on the wall. Everywhere you look, rainbow, rainbow, rainbow. Bart complains that everyone in the league just knows that if they beat him up, they'll win. Mo agrees, saying that it's hopeless. But just then, just like on February 22nd, 1980, there was a miracle on ice. Wait a minute, weren't you born in 1980 on ice? That's right. My parents wouldn't spring for the hospital and the lake was frozen over there. That'll do. Ah, you're right, it's hopeless. There ain't nobody who's gonna walk into this rink and turn me into a winner. No how, no when. Did somebody order a psycho? Oh, where do you want me, Crotch? Uh, it, it's Coach, but just get out there. Get out there and do your thing. What do you want me, Crotch? This is fun. Yeah. So Nelson hops on the ice and closes lines two players. He then pulls the sweater over the other head of the opponent before throwing him into the crowd uh, next uh, to Homer, who's uh, staring at his phone, of course. Then Bart successfully shoots a goal while Nelson puts the uh, tongue of an ice luber and sticks it to the post of the net. And then uh, the buzzer sounds at the end of the game. It's Barflies 8 and the visiting ice luber 7. Ooh. So the players cheer and pick up Nelson. Mo declares that his life has meaning, but sadly, their joy is short-lived. As I've been screaming for the last 15 minutes, all players must be wearing skates. Oh, come on. There's no way that that... Oh, there it is. Rule number one. No cafeteria trays. The bar flyers forfeit. The game is over. <laughs> you said I'd get to win. All I did was make everyone else a loser, too. Loser? No, no. You, you were amazing out there. I was? Kid, you are a natural-born goon, a real diamond in the urinal. All you need is some training, and I'm going to make sure that you learn from the best. Welcome to Top Goon. It's beautiful. I'm going to learn so hard, Mo. I won't let you down. I know you won't, kid. What was that? I just tussled your hair. Ain't nobody ever done that before. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, my arm's getting a little tired here. That's your problem. When everyone was watching it and, and Nelson's just on the ice, like beating everyone, I'm like, why isn't the ref stopping this? And then, oh, I guess it doesn't matter because the refs weren't stopping when Bart was getting pummeled. But then in the clip was hilarious. <laughs> it was like the ref was like, I was trying to stop you for 15 minutes. <laughs> Mo's like, oh, yeah, look, it's rule number one there is uh, no uh, uh, cafeteria trees. So I went to the junior rule book of USA hockey mm -hmm. and. 
I guess technically rule number one, well, it, it's in categories though, Steve. So there's like general information and there's section one, section two, section three. So I'm thinking section one is like when the rules start. So really section one is the rink, section two mm-hmm. is the team and section three is equipment. So I'm going to say section three is probably what we're going for, right? Because equipment. Yeah. So let's see if section three, article one is in fact no cafeteria trays. All right, let's see here. All right. First rule is actually rule 301 and it has to do with sticks, Steve. Oh. Yeah. The stick shall be made of wood or other material approved by the rules committee and must not have any projections. Hmm. All edges of the blade shall be beveled. The end of the hollow shaft must be fully covered. <laughs> Adhesive tape of any color may be wrapped around the stick at any place for the purpose of reinforcement or to improve control of puck. Do you want to know what the article 301B is? What's that? Well, it's a difficult for us, but I don't think we could play hockey, Steve, because this is no stick shall exceed 65 inches. That's what she said. Anyway, so I just thought I'd bring up the rules. Um, Do you want to know the actual rule number one would be then? Sure. Okay. Uh, I guess it would be under the rink. Rule number one. The game of ice hockey shall be played on an ice surface recommended to be white in color. Oh. Known as the rink. All right. We're going to have to cancel you, junior hockey. Yeah. Uh, While you got the rule book out, does it say anything about a golden retriever playing hockey? (laughs) All right, let's find out here. Um, so it'd probably be under teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, a team must start with a game of maximum six players. Anytime the team has been reduced to less than four players, the game will be declared forfeit. Maximum of 18 players plus not more than two goalkeepers shall be permitted to play the game. All teams must dress in a minimum of 11 competitors, one goalkeeper, 10 skaters, all games. Um, and I'll just write all the allegations of those rules. Okay. Okay. Da, 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 each team. I'm just going to da, 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 da. captain, team players in uniform. Each player of the goal is up at the beginning. And it's going to be iconic. Uh, Diego Luna. Uh, each of the goalkeepers in uh, the Mandalorian. And let's see. I'm talking about that. And uh, Baby Yoda. Uh, and uh, Homer. And I don't see anything about that. I think right. Golden Retrievers are good. All right, because I'll let you know that in 2010, there was supposed to be a movie called Air Bud the Big Puck, but it was canceled. However, the Air Bud Studios that makes the Air Bud films, independent of Disney nowadays, I think, uh, did release MVP, Most Valuable Primates, which features a chimpanzee playing hockey. Steve, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Hmm. I off Springfield, episode four. <laughs> MVP, Most Valuable Primate. I like it. <laughs> I'm almost that sick. I might do it. <laughs> might have to do that. <laughs> hmm. We'll talk off air. We'll think about that. Oh, sure. Um, but <laughs> I think our fans would rather, rather have us talk about that than Willow see episode three and four. <laughs> yeah. Why Metallica? It's just weird. Anywho, <laughs> at the Top Goon Academy, where today's bullies become tomorrow's thugs, we meet the most feared men ever to lace them up. There's Dave the Hammer Schultz, whose given name is David the Hammer Schultz. I loved... Uh... His reading of like, it's not Dave, it's also David. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> um, who played from 1969 to 1980, playing on MHL teams, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Kings, and the Sabres, Sabres, as well as AHL team, the Quebec Aces, Richmond Robins, and the Rochester Americans. And not to forget his stint with the EHL Salem Rebels. Yeah, the Buffalo Sabres. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. They're the only ice rink that's a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, a dumb it's a office joke. office joke, which I don't think the office ladies would even make that joke. No. 
Anyway, so uh, next up, we got Stu, the Grim Reaper, Grimson, uh, who was career span from 88 to 2002. He played for the Calgary Flames, Boo, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. There's the Ducks now. Uh, mm-hmm. The Detroit Red Wings, uh, the Hartford Whalers, Woo. the Carolina Hurricanes, LA Kings, the Nashville Sexual Predators. Did you ever, uh, uh, this Nashville Predators, have you ever heard, uh, what's his name? It was a good bit on that. Uh, Norm McDonald. He had a good joke about the Predators. <laughs> I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah like, I, I can't do it. The only man who could do that bit is uh, Norm McDonald, R.I.P. So, yeah, anyways, he may look sane, but don't trust him. But trust him, Steve. He's not. You'll see. You all see. I like how he says you see. You all see. They put like a very like deep menacing, like you all see, like evil filter on his voice. Yeah. All the hockey players are a lot of fun. Like, I know that we've had like athletes in the past and their performances have been, you know, good or not so good. But I think all three guys, they just do really well. It's the only sport, I believe, that uh, no one's ever died from. No players ever died in, in history. Not playing the game, it's like in history. They just right. Yeah, they just live forever. Yeah, they're immortal. And they play <laughs> hockey for 20 years. <laughs> Bobby Orr is uh, playing, still playing, right? Yeah, he's playing against Gordie Howe. Yeah. Wait, did Gordie Howe die or he's still alive? I think he's still alive. I'm, of course, making jokes. Uh, people die all the time. Uh, yeah. But it is funny how, like, when there's, like, special events, I'll bring in old-timers. And so you'll have, like, this 75-year-old man playing goalie, and he's great. Well, and it's okay. just weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that happened especially, yeah, back in the I, – I think it was Gordie Howe. Uh, by the way, he did die in 2016. But, yeah, didn't he, like, come back in, like, the 80s and play? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Gordie Howe played from 46 to 1980. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, you know, never wore a helmet. Right. Bobby Orr played. Uh, oh, Bobby Orr is still alive. That's who. So Bobby Orr is still with us. He's 74. And uh, besides being a great hockey player, he's a great crossword puzzle clue. One of the best. <laughs> Him and Mel Ott, who played baseball. <laughs> uh, you never see Wayne Gretzky in, in crossword puzzles. No. I still uh, think it must have been a sad day for Spike when Ang Lee became the more popular director. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like Jason sitting there like, what about me? I was Earl. Yeah. <laughs> My name. <laughs> um, rounding out the squad, the instructor for basic pummeling and time permitting the American novel 1930 to present is Tiger Williams. And before educating people about Tony Morrison's beloved, Williams played professionally for 14 years, starting in 1974, filling the role of enforcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Vancouver Canucks, the Detroit Red Wings, the LA Kings, and the Hartford Whalers. The uh, hockey vi- uh, veterans lay out the role of the goon. As a goon, you have one job on the ice. Protect your team's best scorer. We call that person your primary. This is the most important person in your life. Who's the best scorer on your team, Munts? Bart Simpson! Then Bart Simpson is your primary. Don't forget it! Who do we protect? Our primary! And what do we do for our primary? Protect them! And who do we protect? Our primary? This kid's good. I'd like to go to goon school. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be. A, hurt. I don't want to be the fighter. You're the lover. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm not allowed to play hockey. I'm just trying to. <laughs> just trying to kiss all the guys. I can kiss like give me your. <laughs> I'm talking all about all these pucks, but what about the fox? I'm with Ralph. I want a ice cookie. Yeah, be good. It'd be like an ice cream sandwich. All right. So as Stompin' Tom Connors sings the hockey song. Uh, Dave the Hammer Schultz writes the word primary on a bag of trash and ties the garbage around Nelson's waist. I, I do love the uh, the hockey song. 
but uh, a, a good substitution maybe would have been uh, uh, Warren Zevon's Hit Somebody. That's all about oh, being yeah. a goon. The whole song is a story song about being a goon. It's true. Anyways, uh, we won't talk about hockey songs anymore. Uh, Nelson <laughs> fights off several cute but uh, snarling raccoons. Uh, it's very cute uh, until mm-hmm. he is overwhelmed by the nursery of trash bandits. Uh, Schultz then introduces the methods of gouging from the traditional eye, eye growing, eye growing to the modern. It was more of the eye growing, eye growing, growing and the controversial but effective Fukusaki Shapiro hypothesis, which uh, focuses, of course, on gouging the groin, the groin, then the groin, followed by the groin and then rounded out by attacking the groin. I think that one works. Um I probably caught all the cracking games this season. Maybe missed a couple. Like I just watched like a really boring fight the other day. Like both the players were in, into it. They were just like, uh, I guess we got to do it. Okay. Most of the time they're just like hugging each other. It's Wednesday night. I guess we got to fight. Yeah. Barely got their hands on each other. Like they're, you know, punching mm-hmm. faces and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, all right, well, I pulled your shirt up if you fell. So I win. <laughs> there was no winner in that fight. I thought it was a very boring fight. That's a shame. I love a good hockey fight. I was watching another game too. Like, they were about to fight two people. They were the two members were like, you know, up each other about to fight. And then one skates away. <laughs> you just see him mouthing like, what? What? Like, I don't know. It was just funny mouthing. Like, what? what's the situation where they're about to fight? And the other guy goes away. And he was like, what? I didn't hear, hear what you said. <laughs> Maybe it was like, what? What'd you say about my mom type of thing? I don't know. Yeah. I always want to know, funny. like, I know they mic professional sports, up, but like, I want to know what they're like, what they're saying when they're fighting. Yeah. That'd be fun. Like a separate audio track that you could like, you know, pay like $5 a month to ESPN or whatever. And like, listen to the players <laughs> like. Kids can't because it's going to be very graphic. Yeah. <laughs> like, I imagine it's probably just some like someone from the Vancouver Canucks is in Philadelphia playing the Flyers. They're like, hey, uh, you're the fight. And like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you too. Uh, and the Canuck player is like, uh, hey, where's the best uh, cheesesteak around here? Eh? Like, yeah. Oh, you got to go to Gino's on fifth. <laughs> Another uh, skater goes by. It's like, no, you got to go to, <laughs> you got to go to Louis's on ninth. They start fighting. <laughs> yeah. Louis, Gino's. So then the, you mean the Philadelphia Flyers yeah, start the fighting same each thing. other? Yeah. <laughs> and then it's mic'd, and then everyone in the the stadium hears, or the arena hears, all the Philly fans here where to get the best cheesesteak, and then the, the audience, or all these people in the crowds, like, get up, like, no, it's not, it's Sam's. And then the they crowd start starts fighting, fighting each other, yeah. <laughs> and all of Philadelphia starts beating up, each other up because they don't uh, they don't compromise on who has the best cheesesteak. Uh, knowing Philadelphia sports fans, as I do. <laughs> This scenario seems very plausible. <laughs> um, Did we just write an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia for those guys? <laughs> I think so. All right, Bob McElhaney, I know you're listening. That's right. You too, Caitlin Olson. You probably listen together. Is there anyone uh, from that cast that's ever been a voice on The Simpsons? I don't think so. Hmm. I bet you Charlie has. It's a joke, Steve. Danny DeVito. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was trying to act dumb in front of The Simpsons fans because we were dumb last week. All right, but now I'm still dumb. But also, I feel like Charlie Day's done a voice. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, in their cabin, one player sharpens his skates while another sews up an open wound. Uh, Tiger Williams turns out the lights and Nelson examines Tony Morrison's 1987 story of a dysfunctional family of formerly enslaved people whose Cincinnati home is haunted by a malevolent spirit by flashlight. The following morning, Nelson flings a hockey stick into a target, hitting a bullseye, and Stu Grimson takes his turn, splitting Nelson's stick down the middle, a la Robin Hood. Nelson bows with respect. I bet Martin would like to split Nelson's stick down the middle. For sure. He would bow for more than respect. At the graduation ceremony, a banner hangs that says, Goon Graduations Graduates. Say that four times fast. Um, Nelson, in a cap and gown, looks around to see his fellow enforcers surrounded by their loving families. He sighs sadly. 
when just then a hand reaches out and tussles his hair. It's Mo apologizing for being tardy, blaming his maps app, saying that his phone doesn't recognize his face as a face. But Nelson is happy to have Mo there and surprised to learn his connection to the greatest game on ice. I can't believe you came! I wouldn't miss this for my own mother's funeral. I made that choice and I'm good with it. Hey Mo, how's it going? You know these guys? Yeah, I used to be the bartender in the penalty box at the Philadelphia Spectrum. <laughs> My tip jar was full of teeth. I got Phil Esposito's whole mouth somewheres. Once, recite the goon code. I am a goon. I protect my primary. And that's pretty much it. Nelson Muntz, you've outfugged every gorilla in your class. You are top goon. I did not bad. Hey, you did more than that. You did not horrible. Now, come on. I got a graduation present lined up for you. From up here, the wads look like ants. Hey, you, you want to drop pickled eggs on them? Sure. Yeah, Duff lets me use their blimp because I buy up all the beer that the employees drown in. So in the beginning of that clip, does Mo bring up the fact that it was also his uh, mother's funeral? Mm-hmm. So he chose to go to Nelson's goon graduation instead. Um, yeah. I looked on Wikipedia just to make sure that uh, uh, his mom's been referenced. And apparently on Wiki, it says that uh, Mo's mom was died between the episode of Flaming Mo and Flaming Mo's. So hmm. that means this episode probably takes place in between those episodes, right? Yeah, that makes that track. After. Yeah, okay. The, the only reason I looked that up is because I remember there was an episode that I think we reviewed with Mo's family. Uh, mm -hmm. His dad and his brothers about the mattress sell sell salesman, right? That's right, yeah. And, uh, oh, geez, if you think about it, if Mo's mom's dead, in real life, his dad is dead, too, because the voice actor was uh, the great Ray Liotta, right? That's right. Well, R.A.P. Ray Liotta. You know, uh, I was watching a trailer to a movie, and I saw Ray Liotta pop up. I'm like, oh, I thought he was dead, but um, obviously they make movies before. <laughs> you know, it's not like... Right. Uh, it takes a couple of years to make a movie, and... And I was thinking, um, this is probably Ray Liotta's last film. And it got me thinking, did, will he win a posthumous Academy Award like Heath Ledger did for The Dark Knight? Mm -hmm. And um, I think he will because the movie is Cocaine Bear. Oh, boy. I believe it is Ray Liotta's last movie. If you haven't checked the trailer to Cocaine Bear, you got it. looks you, amazing. Yeah. Do yourself a favor and go watch that on the YouTubes there. As expected, of course, it's directed by uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks herself, you know. Sure. Who else would you want to direct that, right? It's a first slot, best slot situation. <laughs> you got some big names there. Carrie Russell. You got uh, Alden Ehrreich. Is that how you see his name? He's the guy who played the Han Solo in the Solo movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from TV's Modern Family <laughs> is, uh, oh, because she, you know, she was on Modern Family as like the uh, a character that uh, was Your like friend, the friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cam. So does this movie friend. take place in the Modern Family universe? I kind of hope so. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping like uh, it starts off with, uh, even though it doesn't say Eric Stone Street's in this, maybe it's a cameo. They don't want to spoil it, right? Right. It's Eric Stone Street's character and, and Jesse Tyler's character just playing their characters from Modern Family, Cam and Mitchell, and, and they're with their daughter Lily in a park with a picnic basket. Cam's dressed as Yogi Bear. Mitchell's dressed as Boo Boo. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, we can't find Lily. Where's Lily at? And then oh, no. Cam as Yogi opens the back again. He's like, Hey, boo-boo, I found a severed head in the picnic basket. And it's Lily's. <laughs> uh, they weren't great parents. <laughs> yeah. 
And then they do like, you know, like the talk to camera, like, oh, we just adopted another kid. Yeah. And then like the titles of Modern Family comes on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, we just, we just, uh, yeah, that's, it's the Modern Family reboot we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Hey, Steve Levitan, give us a call. Yeah. Hey, reboot. Isn't that the show that Steve Levitan works on, uh, created on Hulu? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> reboot, more like Rebert. Oh, hmm. Like that joke didn't work twice. No. Um, also, he makes uh, uh, in the Simpsons clip, though, mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about uh, most talking about Phil Esposito, uh, just for everyone to know a little. Oh, yeah. Little knowledge. Uh, Phil Esposito, uh, he played from 63 to 81. He's uh, considered one of the one of the best 100 greatest hockey players of all time. He played for the Blackhawks, the Bruins, the Rangers. He's 80 years old and he's currently the uh, broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Uh, not to be confused with his son, Joe Esposito, who wrote, uh, you're the best. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm making that part up. I don't know if he's actually connected to Joe Esposito. If he was, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be a great Father's Day gift to uh, his dad. <laughs> so uh, also, I, I got to say, I really like uh, Nelson's jacket. And I like the fact that they uh, took his sleeves off so it'd be more appropriate. Yeah. I also like how they, even though this episode is called Top Goon, is a parody of Top Gun. Mm-hmm. You know, that they actually did kind of do references to the film Top Gun with a really bad uh, imitation song. What is it called? Parody song of the Kenny Loggins. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That that was like one of my favorite songs when I was a kid. I, uh, my brother made me a mixtape. Yeah. And yeah, the, the guitar instrumental, too. There's also the, the song Take My Breath Away. Uh, who did that? Was mm-hmm. it Berlin, maybe? It was, yeah. My sister thought, she always sang Take My Brother Away, <laughs> referencing me. Oh. <Aww>. Yeah. <laughs> She was gonna like take my brother away. I guess that was annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you know, yeah. Because the the jacket also is like a bomber jacket for that they get uh, for airplane men and women. And that's right. Those who love to fly and it shows. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Nelson thinks he and Mo are doing pretty sweet for a couple of scuzzes. So Mo tells his protege that it's a big world out there, and when its back is turned, you can steal anything you want from it. And Nelson then drops an egg, hitting a cop's horse. So Mo tells the blimp driver, Jimmy, to floor it. And the Duff blimp burns rubber and speeds off to find the physics. I, I know that we talk a lot about tired jokes, but uh, that one I liked. Uh, and it was a ch- tired joke because blimps don't have tires. Except for, you know, maybe the Goodyear blimp. Because... Yeah, she doesn't got to land. So, uh, uh... And, you know, Goodyear blimp is sponsored by tires. It's the Duff blimp. Maybe they don't have tires. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. That was us. We should be fired for that blunder of a joke. That's right. uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was kind of hoping that we got to see uh, Duff Man to see if he was still part of the Duff crew, but uh, we haven't. Yeah. No, not yet. It's too busy being high. Exactly. So there we go. Uh, back on terra firma, Homer lets out a uh, long groan as he drags Bart's hockey gear to the car. Behind the wheel, he complains that he has to drive 50 miles and spend his entire weekend freezing his ass off, stone cold silver, sitting in the seat with no backs, making awkward conversation with dads who share way too much information about their marriages. One of those oversharing daddies is Springfield's finest, Chief Clancy Wiggum. And in this clip, we'll hear him, and also uh, we'll see Nelson put his newfound skills to work. I told Sarah when we got married, I am a foot guy. Please guess the one part of the body she just doesn't moisturize. Seriously, guess. Guess. Please, just guess. Nelson, could I interest you in a little skate? Yeah, I could stretch my legs. 
support's my primary. I protect my primary. What happened here is a result of your actions. We don't kink shame on this podcast. We never would. No, no. But keep that to yourself and your partner, right? Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear your sexual proclivities. No. Uh, especially Homer there. He could tell. Yeah. It's like, I don't think that... Um, uh, Wiggum and, and Homer are very chummy chummy, right? Like he arrests right. Homer all the time. Yeah. And also, again, not to kink shame, but um, for me, feet are gross. My foot's gross, your foot's gross, everybody's feet. They're all gross. Yeah. Feet are for two things walking and shoving up your ass. That's right. You know, when people get out of hand. Of course. Yeah. I say, I'm going to shove my foot up your ass. And then I say, all right, do it. Try it. Try it. And yeah. then I hand out some lube. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> I always, carry, yeah, I always carry lube with me. It's just, you know, yeah. uh, never know when you need it. You're like a good Boy Scout. Also, if you find a good Boy Scout, you're good to go. Yeah, the VHS copy of Good Boy Scout with uh, Bruce Willis, right? Isn't that the movie? No, that's the last Boy Scout. That was the prequel. <laughs> with uh, Macaulay Culkin playing. He's the good son, but now he's the good Boy Scout. <laughs> right. Furthering the theory that Home Alone is just Die Hard. Die Hard's a movie, guys. No one's arguing that. <laughs> Die Hard is a movie. Um, also, in the later part of that clip, I do like how Nelson was telling the other player that uh, what happened here is a result of your actions. Mm -hmm. Like, it's true. I, I, I like that line, you know. It's, it's a good line, yeah. It's a fuck around and find out, right? Exactly, but uh, a bit more eloquently spoken. Anyways, back on the ice, Steve, we're uh, free from defensive players. Bart scores against Reverend Lovejoy's team, the Holy Moly's with ease. Uh, Krusty compliments Homer's uh, Bart's abilities, while Kirk Van Houten says, uh, no game, recognize game. I can't do my Kirk. That's pretty good. Uh, Homer tells the uh, surrounding fathers to shut up, as uh, there's nothing worse than your kid being so amazing at something that uh, you can't blow it off. And then Chief Wiggum then inquires about uh, Marge's footwear habit at night. God. And he's like hornily asking her if she wears socks or no socks. It's like, ugh, stop it. It's gross. It was a gross scene. Yeah. And it like, it's bad enough to say like about your sex life, but then to ask another person about their partner's yeah. sex life too. It's even worse. Like, ugh. Also the, uh, the pain in Homer's voice, like, cause now he's got a gifted hockey son, mm -hmm. but also a gifted uh, musician daughter. So that's like. <sighs> His life is screwed because he's got two kids that are good at something that he has to pay to. Yeah, so his time and his money are completely <laughs> depleted. <laughs> poor Homer. Poor, poor Homer. <sighs> so after the uh, little tutors beat the Bumblebee Boys, which we used to be called, and Burns' cheapskates uh, lost to the Ice Lovers, the two winning teams faced off, resulting in the little tutors making it to the finals. On the other side, the Sticky Marts, which is a better name than the Price Gougers, which they were, which the Quickie Marts team originally was called. The Sticky Marts were ousted by the Holy Molies, while the Bar Flyers defeated the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is a great <laughs> joke because they are a historically bad NHL team. As a result of all this, it's King Toots Little Tutors versus Moe's Bar Flyers at the finals. At Winner's Pizza, Capital City's eighth best pizza, Moe psychs up his team for the big game. All right, all right. Tomorrow is the finals. Woohoo! Hockey's gonna be over! If we win, it's on to the regionals. Do. Then states. Do. Tri states. Do. Quad states, nationals, and then tri nationals. <laughs> First, we take on King Toot's team, the same puck nuts what humiliated us the last time. But I know we're gonna win this game because we got our little hotshot MVP. That's right, our most violent puncher, Nelson Muntz. I scored every goal on this team. And who the hell is texting me? SD Dion Malip. Uh, does anybody know what this uh, SD Dion Malip is about? 
Hey, I'm dealing with an STD on my lip. Anybody? I don't even know where the hell I got this from. Uh, I'm just gonna send it to my junk. <laughs> what, what, is, what is funny about that? In the beginning of the clip there, when uh, he says MVP, most valuable puncher, do you think that's a, a reference to us? Because we always do the MVJ. That's exactly what I thought when I heard yeah. it. So there's yeah. our uh, podcast reference uh, in this week's episode. Plus, we uh, we had a whole run about talking about raccoons, and there were raccoons early oh, in the episode, too. Geez, yeah. So We know you listen, Matthew Selman. That's right. And Alfred Woodard Jean. That's his full name, I think. Yeah. Great actress. But let's uh, talk about the best joke, I think. It's the return of uh, Bart pranking Mo. But instead of calling him, he's texting him. That's a modern day. You text now, you don't call. No, we've talked about modern family. Let's talk about modern phoning. <laughs> exactly. That was a lot of fun. I, I really liked the joke. And uh, I I got to say, like last night or Sunday night, I uh, was on Twitter before I saw the episode and I saw that somebody had posted just the words of that joke and it took me way too long to figure out what it said. <laughs> so hearing it now as a smart person, I'm I'm laughing. Yes, Steve, it's a modern take on the classic prank uh, and Bart's laughing at it. So Nels is angered, feeling that Bart should be respect his coach. Bart doesn't know why Mo deserves respect since his car's a converted washing machine and his wallet is a rat trap. Then uh, Mo goes to tip the pizza employee there with a dollar from his wallet, but then it snaps on his fingers, causing the laughter from the team. Uh, we got to see the, the rat trap. I hope we could see that car of his. Yeah, the car sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So Nelson grows even more upset, ready to punch Bart, but then remembers his training that Bart Simpson is his primary. That's right. So Bart calls uh, Mo a scuzz and Nelson loses it. Nelson is also a scuzz and he feels that Mo is his true primary. He slams Bart into the wall, causing Bart's arm to bend in the wrong direction. Dr. Hibbert takes a look and feels that he'll be okay. But his traveling hockey season is over. Homer runs into the kitchen, grabs some dough that had just been tossed into the air, and says something into it. He hands the now inflated dough that's kind of formed into a ball. Back to the cook, who pops the dough, which releases an excited woohoo. Just really fun gag. I like the exasperated look on the uh, chef there too. Yeah, he's like, ugh. Plus, he's got to uh, toss some more dough. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't use that dough. It's ruined. It's been woohooed. <sighs> Anything that Homer's face has been in that's been woohooed is ruined. <laughs> I don't know what that means. No. But I'll let you figure it out, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, all right. So as Bart screams in agony, Mo questions Nelson, saying that Bart was their only chance for victory. And Mo tells Nelson that uh, he was supposed to protect his primary. And Nelson responds that he was. But Mo doesn't get it. And uh, he wonders why if he ever believed in Nelson, saying that uh, he was just a fist and nothing more. That's what uh, Steve's wife said on their honeymoon. Yeah. And I'm not very good at rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Rock always uh, wins. Yeah. Uh, he then kicks Nelson off the bar flyers, and then N Nelson tearfully tells his teammates, uh, or former teammates there, not to look at him because he's not crying. He then puts on a, a hockey mask and balls out of the pizza parlor, then kicking over Mo's dishwasher car out, over on his way out. So there it is. Good to see it. It looks, it, it's even better than I imagined. Like the fact that it's like an old timey dishwasher with a uh, flashlight taped to it to be a headlight. That's great. You know what they should do is, you know how Hot Wheels, like a few years ago, made the Homer Mobile and like the Simpsons family car in Hot Wheels form. Mm -hmm. I think this needs to be Hot Wheels' new uh, Simpsons related car. I want, oh, I want for this. sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to buy two, one to keep in the package and one to open and play with. But of course. Oh, no, three. One to keep in the package and display, one to open and play with, and the third to sell on eBay for like 
a million dollars. You should get one for your little sister so you don't have to share too. <laughs> and I'll get one for you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, I love it. Yeah, let's drive on to the final act of the evening, which begins as every final act does, with Nelson walking by the marquee of the Springfield Ice Rink. King Coot is telling an employee that his words, his hockey team, are too big on the sign and he wants to draw and he wants to highlight his own name king toot nelson tells himself that he's not a goon he's just a fist he then tosses his top goon jacket and enters what he believes is his last stop in hell where he belongs he knocks on the door in the alleyway and a shadowy figure greets him <laughs> meanwhile mose pays visit to the month's trailer where nelson's mom is using a bug zapper to cook a grilled cheese sandwich afternoon there ma'am uh, i'm moses yeah can you hurry it up I gotta eat this when it's fresh off the zapper. It's about your kid. I was his hockey coach, and I yelled some stuff that might have kicked his heart in the plums. Oh, so you're Coach Sizzle Slacks. The guy he calls his primary. What? Nelson thinks I'm his primary? Are you sure about this? Yep. He yelled the whole story at the window, dog. Nelson wasn't being a psycho towards Bart. He was being a goon for me. Do you know where he went? He said something about walking the streets, coming to a fateful decision or whatnot. Meh, kid stuff. I gotta find them before he does something crazy. Nelson Muntz, your reputation precedes you. I hear you're a dingus to be respected. I'm just a fist with no code. Figure I'll be working for you sooner or later, so why not get it over with? I love uh, Tress McNeil's line reading there. Uh, he play, she plays Moe's mom, but uh, mm. <laughs> Nelson's mom <laughs> of a sizzle slicks. Oh, yeah, the sizzle slicks. Yeah, I mean, we never don't mention it, but Tress McNeil is a gem. She's wonderful. Yeah, we're going to start calling this podcast the Annoy Grunt Boys, a.k.a. the We Love Tress podcast. It's great. I also like the line um, window dog because, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Just in lower income areas, like, there's always like one loose dog who's just really mean and just growls at the window. <laughs> there's some fun animal things this episode. I mean, the raccoons earlier and now the dog. Yeah. And uh, speaking of filthy animals, we get a uh, fat Tony. Can't have a hockey without organized crime. Am I right? So my dad always told me. I don't know what that means. Neither did I, but my dad was either a goon of one kind or the other. He would just come home and say, well, Christmas is canceled because the goddamn flyers lost again. And you're like, what That's does that right. have to do with anything? <laughs> I don't know, but I need to drink. <laughs> All right. Well, Nelson enters the chambers of uh, the fit Tony or fat Tony. Does it even matter anymore? Nah. Yeah. The mob boss tells him he has a gift for smelling a good hunchman. From Nelson, he's getting hints of fairly suppressed rage with top notes of nothing matters and a deep finish of abandonment by a male role model. But Nelson tells Tony that uh, he can sniff all he wants. It won't fix anything just to tell him who to hurt. Bluey then offers a lead pipe, but Tony feels that uh, Nelson should start with uh, a PVC. You know, st start them young. Yeah, it's responsible. Yeah. Maybe put a little Nerf uh, or like a pool noodle over it first. Just mm -hmm. get the hang of it. Yeah. So at the Simpsons household, Bart sits on the couch as Homer walks in, asking if his son is able to move. Bart says that he can, but it hurts a little bit. Uh, Homer clarifies that he wants Bart to move so he can enjoy his first hockey-free weekend in months. He then turns on the TV and watches a hockey game. Uh, Marge then uh, tells Homer that he has to take Bart to physical therapy and that the only place that takes their insurance is three hours away. Oh, and if they ask, Bart is a veteran. I mean, Bart was a general and Bart the general, right? Yeah, that's right. So he has... Serve some time. All right. Which was, of course, against uh, Nelson. So, wow. Yeah. The world, the whole world is uh, <laughs> like a donut. Everything laughs around. There's more references to Bart the General in this episode than Lisa on Ice. It's true. 
All right. So in the ballroom of the Glitz Carlton, Fat Tony is among the swanky crowd there for St. Josephine's Friends of St. Augustus. He greets the mayor and introduces him to his the founder of the vaguely purposed yet tax-exempt charity, his Gumar. Uh, Quimby agrees that um, mistresses are the lifeblood of the community. And then uh, like a paparazzo in the corner takes a pic of his mod boss and political leader shaking hands. Um, he's taking a picture with his uh, like iPhone, right? Cell phone. Mm-hmm. And then Fat Tony snaps his finger and Nelson appears. He's wearing like a tux top, but he still has his like shorts on the bottom. like it, <laughs> But it, like ripped off a uh, uh, vest. Tux is great. Uh, but then he rips the phone from the paparazzi's hand and opens it up to pull the film out of the telephone, of the cell phone. <laughs> and great like, smushes it up. It's a reference, obviously, to The Godfather, but it's a very funny visual gag that there's film in our cell phones. <laughs> Anyways, uh, in this clip, Tony praises Nelson, then excuses himself and his cohorts. If you'll excuse me, my men and I have some perfectly innocent business to attend to in the back room. God bless back rooms. You know why you're here. You borrow money from me. I expect to be repaid. Time to make your bones. Lead. This is all I am. Stop! Nelson, listen to me before you done did something you can't done undid. Whoever's under that hood don't deserve this. They're a human being. Oh, oh, thank you, old buddy. <laughs> oh, not use. You gotta help me out. I only borrowed money from the Mafia to buy fake birth certificates for teenagers so they could play ten and under hockey. No one deserves a Kansas City knee job more than this guy, but that don't matter none. You swing that pipe. That's your soul on the line. You're wasting your time, coach. You said it yourself, I'm just a fist. Ooh. I knew it was uh, King Toots behind that uh, mask. It only makes sense. But also, Steve, you brought up in the podcast, too, that, uh, or one of us brought up, that the hockey players and King Toots looked like adults. Yeah. Now we know why. They were teenagers that looked like adults. Yeah, King Toots is a, is a dirty man. He's a dirty player. So Mo, Mo admits that he saw Nelson only as a fist at first and was using him as a weapon. But Mo became obsessed with beating King Toot. But now he's had a change of heart. Uh, Mo thinks that Nelson is a great kid. As Mo compliments Nelson, calling him a, a determined, selfless, and real teammate, uh, Louis uses some prosciutto to dry his tears. You know, sometimes you don't have a napkin and some uh, lunch meat will do. Uh, Nelson had Mo's back, scuzz to scuzz. Mo tussles uh, Nelson's hair and Nelson does the same to his mentor. This gets Louis to think that Tony only sees him as a knife, but Louis has dreams. He wants to open a gourmet mac and cheese place called Louis Gooey. Ew. <sighs> Can we not have gourmet mac and cheese places? Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Kiss that mac and cheese. I don't need truffle oils and some overpriced protein on it. Yeah. First of all, I think that, you know, mac and cheese is a great standalone dish on its own. You don't need to add anything to it. But if you do, you should just really only add one more extra bonus thing. Like if you're going to add sausage, do sausage. If you're going to add sun-dried tomatoes, that's it. You don't need to add like a ton of stuff. Yeah. Then it just becomes like a casserole. Exactly. It's not mac and cheese. And also, I'm not a big fan of breadcrumbs. I know that's like a staple. But if you use breadcrumbs, just use panko. At least it it goes down better. That's right. Or use pork rinds. Or Cheez-Its. Or, I don't know, smother it in uh, a pizza and then top a lobster on that. And then put a chocolate cake in there. Then batter it. Then deep fry Mm -hmm. it. And then serve it with chicken wings. Exactly. And maybe wrap all of that in a taco shell. Yeah. Sorry, we're just reading what's on Guy Theory's uh, new menu there at the (laughs) restaurants. 
What's this restaurant called? I, I, the joke would be better if I knew that restaurant. I'll say Chili's. Is Chili's around still? Yeah, Chili's is a thing. Like Steve said, keep your mac and cheese simple. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So Legs is learning a uh, Swedish on his phone app, but uh, but to Tony, he's just a gun. And in fact, Tony tells his goons that he doesn't see them as weapons. But then the three gangsters all turn into crying anthropomorphic knife, gun, and head vice. Uh, Tony complains about the sensitivity of these freaking millennials. <laughs> well, Nelson suggests that uh, he and Mo spend more time together with activities like uh, I don't know what Steve and I used to do uh, on the weekend. We throw turtles at birds. That's right. Take that, Leonardo. Here's one for you, Michelangelo. I don't know. And then he kept on throwing one turtle at that one bird. And I was like, Craig, Craig, it's a little too Ralph. Oh, no, you get the buzz. Uh, so Mo agrees, uh, saying that uh, they should leave the violence behind. He then hurls a brick into King Toot's window, shattering it, and then hands Nelson the hockey trophy. Um, the fact that he didn't earn it makes it all the sweeter. That's right. As through the fire plays, Mo and Nelson step into the bar and credits begin to roll. But those credits happen to be in white text, so you get a little bonus scene. So before we go, let's check in on Bart's physical therapy at the Wizard of Owls, where tedium is the best medicine. Slower... Slower. Great. Okay, do another hundred, each one way less fast. Oh. Now, with three sessions a week, Oh. for the next four months, Oh. we can have you ready just in time for the start of baseball season. Dope. Ah, poor Homer. Man. He's not going to have a life until the kids are out of the house. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like all adults. That's right. There we go, Steve. I think uh, we should not take that many months on our break, but just a couple seconds and then come back and finish up the episode. How about that? Sounds great. We'll be right back. Oh, the hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey Welcome back, everyone. Let's wrap up this week's episode, Top Goon. We're going to talk about some of our favorite scenes, maybe a MVP, Most Valuable Puncher, or an MVJ, Most Valuable Jokester. Then we'll just wrap it up and give it a little ranking and how we really felt. And then we'll find out what we're watching next week. But before we do that, Steve, it is the gift-giving season, and it's time to exchange some gifts. Oh, boy. Specifically, something from this episode that we can gift and maybe something we can gift to the entire audience. <gasps> oh, but I mean, not really give them a gift. Uh, they might have <laughs> to pay some money yeah. for a gift. <laughs> so that being said, Steve, I will gift to you. It's probably the only, it's the obvious one that I think you're going to gift to me. Yep. I think so. And it's going to be the bar flyers of Springfield hockey sweater. Oh, beautiful. I mean, I'm wearing my Kraken sweater right now, but you're not wearing any sweater. So I I feel sad for you, <laughs> really is what I'm trying to yeah. say. And you need to be wearing a hockey sweater. And we keep saying sweater, but we really mean jersey because the hockey jersey is really a sweater. So we're, we're trying to be right here with uh, the hockey fans out there in Canada. But you too can get a uh, hockey sweater. Well, maybe a sweatshirt. I don't know if you can actually get a hockey type jersey, but you can go to our T Public site, uh, tpublic.com slash user slash annoy grumpboys to get the Bar Flyer Springfield shirt now. You get it's it a very shirt, cool design. A pillow. I know it's supposed to be hockey, but the baseball tee looks pretty sharp, I, I got to say. Great. That's a great gift. And I love it. And I think our fans will too. And I'm kind of depressed because I talked 
talked to my friend Elon because um, he's a really good guy and a great engineer. Yeah, and I heard. He, uh, I heard he was out in some uh, performance in San Francisco this weekend, and he got booed off stage. Yeah, you're, you're and good friend. So, right, of course, my good friend. And it's a shame that we're gonna give that I'm gonna give you the uh, hockey jersey because he was depressed. So he, when he's depressed, he likes to pretend to invent things, and so he created a washing machine car. That I was going to give to you, but since we got the flyer, I'm just going to throw it away. So, but so you, instead, you got me a rat trap wallet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, go check out that uh, that shirt there. If you just get a T-shirt, like I said, uh, go for the orange shirt. Yeah. If you want to wear an orange shirt, it works. The black, of course, any color works. Baseball tee looks good. Hoodie. Uh, you gonna want to spark the the bar flyers, Springfield. Like you have to you have to represent that in uh, when we actually go out. Yeah, I think so because yeah, it, it actually worked well as bar, as wall art too. Like if you wanted yeah. to like frame poster, that'd be cool too. All right, uh, so there's the uh, the fun gift exchange. Hey, Steve, mm. what made you laugh in this episode? So I'm always a big fan when Mo mispronounces a word, and so he did a lot of that and a lot of use guys and a lot of hey over there's and all that. And that was a lot of fun. But I think I got to give it to Nelson for this one when he learns the word goon and he said. It's a pretty word because it's not really a pretty word, but what it mean? I don't know why. That made me laugh a lot when Mo was talking about not stewing over his failures and he's saying, stew, stew, stew. I'm not going to stew. Why would I stew? And just because he walks by, he's like, hey, stew. That's funny. Just the Nelson and Mo dynamic. I just love it so much. You know, it takes a team to score a goal. And so I'm going to give this to, I'm going to split my uh, my share with both Nelson and Mo. What are you, Craig? In the beginning of the episode, I think the uh, the strong joke of Mo in the bar and like the times changing, and then uh, you see Homer as uh, Jefferson or Washington or whatever in Fourth of July, and then he's also the same character in Halloween. I think that's a very funny visual gag. Millhouse doing the uh, the you suck except Bart and like reading the uh, like the rules of the game. Oh yeah, Mo also opening the uh, Duff beer that says champagne on it, and pouring on the kids is great. The Godfather joke, too, was really good. And the hockey players, of course, uh, uh, the voice acting there was great. And then uh, uh, the little the little tyke there that played on the, the oh, yeah. team was great. That, that was so good, too. And like we said, the, the Moe's washing machine car is awesome. For me, I think my favorite bit was the beginning when Nelson is uh, 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 just coming in and beating everyone up with the uh, lunch trays and thinking, like, why isn't the ref stopping? And I was like, I've been trying <laughs> to tell you for 15 minutes. I think that was great. Uh, most valuable or most violent puncher, I guess, would go to uh, um, Nelson. Sure. Most valuable jokester, though, uh, Steve, who 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 wins this award? Oh, boy. Maybe Mo. Let's say Mo. Let's say Mo. I go with Mo, but I give it to Homer, but not for jokester, but for more like relatable. True. Even though we're not fathers, we can feel the relatability. And I think that's yeah. what's kind of great about like Homer's not a jerk ass. He's just like a normal like dad. <laughs> yeah. And it would be frustrating to like, you know, you work all week and then your weekend is spent spending money and time driving hours to go to your kids sporting events that you just have to sit through yeah yeah it's expensive to play uh junior hockey i don't know how homer can afford that like it's thousands and thousands of dollars that you gotta put into your kids uh sport that do they really want to play maybe but most of it's because you want them to play it right and hockey's got to be the most expensive and yeah like you say like you're supposed to as a parent probably like encourage them to stick with things so yeah they probably feel obligated to do it and you feel obligated to tell them to do it but in reality nobody wants to do anything i just remember as a kid like i wanted to play hockey 
Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, we got to give you skating lessons. That's expensive. Mm-hmm. All the equipment. So it's like, nope, you're stuck with soccer and baseball, basketball, yeah. the cheaper sports. Right. Well, how about track and field, son? <laughs> you just have to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll buy you some shoes and that's it. <laughs> or what if you just swim? Well, they also had to buy me uh, shoes for that. No, oh, yeah. Concrete ones. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't like me that much. Right. What what did you think of the episode in general, Steve? Oh, boy. So my biggest complaint that I mentioned earlier, the the fact that Lisa used to play hockey is completely overlooked. She's absent through the whole episode until, like, in the beginning, she played soccer, and that's it. No, Lisa. Yeah. It is interesting that it's such a male-driven episode, which I don't have any problem with. I just, I think it's interesting because it feels like more modern Simpsons wouldn't do that. So it's a bold choice. And I don't, I don't have any, like I say, it's, it's fine. I had a ball with this episode. It was a lot of fun. Or should I say I had a puck? (laughs) Yes, I had a puck with this episode. All the jokes were fun. It was a fun episode. It felt so classic. Uh, Mo and uh, Nelson together is a perfect pairing. It's a great fit. Um, The B story with Homer is just understandable and... Just it, it's a good time because you can understand why he'd be upset. The gags were all all solid, and everybody's performance from you know even you know we talk a lot about Tress, but her performance as the ther- sports therapist and as uh, her other role were both very good, and everybody was just great. I really like this episode a lot. I can't speak highly of, too highly about it because it's just it feels classic, and so I want to say that the highest scoring NHL game ever wasn't too long ago actually it was way back in november of this year when the uh, la kings played against your own seattle kraken and they collectively scored 17 goals together and the kraken won by the way yeah it was it was a bonkers game i watched that game it sounds like a bonkers game it was like goals in one game yeah it was like what is going on here like i remember i was texting like my friend and i was like i think the score is going to be more than than uh, a basketball game like points wow. wise did they like pull their goalies or just no it's just it was wow. like i think it started off with like the first like 13 seconds of the game the kings <laughs> scored and then like 13 seconds after that the kraken scored and it was just like one after another it was crazy it's like they're playing air hockey not ice hockey right that's wild it's like when we used to play like no NHL it wasn't the wild steve it wasn't the minnesota wild it was oh the that's kraken. right that's right I, my, my mistake sorry minnesota didn't mean to get you excited there <laughs> Um, but yeah, so out of 17, I'm going to give this a 16 out of 17. Obviously, I'm going to agree with you as an episode. I don't know if it's a bias because I'm a big uh, puck nut myself. Right. But I liked how, yes, there was Simpsons Kid involved as being the B story. And I, I totally enjoyed the B story of Homer's angst. And again, brought up, we're not parents, but we understand his pain because we yeah. were kids that had to deal with that. So like, as an adult, you realize like, oh, shit. My parents probably hated this stuff. <laughs> I mean, the best, I mean, you're doing it because the parents want you to do it because it, it tires you down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, Homer's angst is great in this episode. He's not an asshole. He's not dumb. The, I think the, the the one thing that kind of weirded me out for the whole episode, of course, is the, uh, again, not kink shaming, but right. uh, uh, Wiggum's like weird foot fetish and bringing it up to everybody. But uh, the A story, like, yeah, it's a very serviceable episode. Just a delight. I Yeah, again, I'm also sad like you that there isn't a... Um, Lisa on Ice uh, sequel, but we don't need that kind of stuff. I'm glad they didn't put a lot of fan wank, fan servicey shit in that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's its own thing, and you know I will be watching this episode again. Oh, for sure. I'm gonna give. Uh, did I say my MVJ yet? I don't think so. I don't. Uh, I'm giving it to Will Forte as. Uh, oh yeah. I didn't even mention him, but yeah, he was so good in this role that I 
didn't think about him, even though it was clearly his voice and he did yeah. a great job. And also, shout out to the hockey players. Their performances were great, yep. too. They all had the distinct voices and they had a good time and it was a great read. This might be one of my favorite Joel H. Cohen episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't watched 22 for 30 yet or Today I Am a Clown. I'm just reading off some of the episodes we haven't done yet. <laughs> Every day you're a clown. Yeah. Um, and uh, don't forget uh, bonus points to Tress McNeil because she's Tress. Exactly. All right. Uh, if I give it a ranking, let's see here. Uh, Moe's uh, team there, the Bar Flyers, are obviously referenced to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the Flyers have only won two Stanley Cups. Hmm. They've been the conference champ eight times. Steve, they don't have any president trophies. They got 16 division championships. I guess uh, out of 16 division championships, I'm going to give this a 13 out of two Stanley Cups. That's fair. Divided by, but times eight conference championships. Okay. Divided by zero. (laughs) But plus three billion. Wow. Minus 2.9 billion. Okay. And a hot plate. And a hot plate. And that's my score. It makes sense to me, and I respect it. All right, and I respect uh, what you guys think. You know, if you guys didn't like it, that's cool, too. Make your own opinion. Don't listen to us. I mean, listen to us. Listen to us, but don't listen to us. Yes, which I'm pretty sure none of you do. (laughs) We're the white noise. Like You're probably trying to put your kid down to sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. And you put this on for your kid and they just fall asleep. That's what it is. We're great. We're great babysitters. That's what it is, right? That's right. Putting your kids to sleep since 2019. That's right. We'll knock your baby out. And we'll put them to sleep. But that's Uh, it. Nothing more. All right, Steve. Well, I guess uh, we got to find out what we're watching next week. Uh, Looking at the calendar of uh, real time. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get a new Simpsons episode. Like you said earlier this episode, uh, we're going to be dark for a couple weeks. So that means uh, reruns and the good old Wheel of Random is going to come and grace us once again. But you know what? I'm the host of this week's episode, Steve. And it is uh, the holiday season. And the Simpsons like to talk about the Christian holiday known as Christmas. Indeed. So I thought uh, I'm going to play a little audible. You're not going to play an audiobook. <laughs> no, I'm not playing. Not going to play Tony Morrison's beloved. Uh, we'd probably get more listeners if we did. It's true. But no, I'm 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 giving the 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 the, the wheel of random a break for uh, actually for the rest of the year, Steve. You know what I'm going to do? What's that? I'm going to pick this week's episode. Whoa! And I'm going to give you a gift again, and you get to pick next week's episode from Eleven and Beyond that we haven't reviewed. Alrighty, that's fair. I like it. Yeah, uh, I don't think we've ever done this on the, on uh, the, the podcast before. No. So, um, because it is the holiday season, I uh, looking at our our list here. Well, we have talked about this episode, but none of you've listened to it because it is one of the fabled three lost episodes when we <laughs> created this podcast. Steve, we're going to be doing season twelve, episode eight, Skinner's Sense of Snow. Wow. Written by Tim Long. Originally uh, aired December seventeenth, uh. two thousand. Wow. This is amazing. As we've mentioned before, our old editor of the first four episodes is very bad at his job and tripped over computer wire and lost over <laughs> lost all of his episodes like a real dipshit. So yeah, the, we talked about this episode three years ago now, almost to like nearly uh, to the day. And uh, so now we will get to revisit it. And I'm curious to see what we think of it. And uh, I, I got to assume that we'll be better at talking inexplicably now than we were then. I couldn't tell you what we thought about it. 
I only remember one joke. I don't remember any of this episode. Uh, it's about, uh, uh, the story goes, uh, a huge snowdrift engulfs the school. The kids rebel, gagging Principal Skinner, tying him to a chair and running amok. Meanwhile, Homer and Flanders' rescue operation is going disastrously, and the fate of Skinner and the kids rests in the paws of a lone hamster. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of this, and we talked about it three years ago. Yeah. We had a whole episode about it. We had our notes. We had everything. I don't know if I have my notes from this original because I think my original notes were handwritten. Yeah, I remember I had computers were invented then. Right, exactly, which is another reason why we lost the episodes. But yeah, Yeah, we recorded on on a wax cylinder, (laughs) (laughs) and iTunes wouldn't take it. It's weird. Yeah, I think I also wrote it in a little yellow, well, a little Simpsons notebook. I I might try and find that, see if I can go over my notes. But yeah, this will be a lot of fun. All right. Well, everyone, pop on your DVDs if you got them, and uh, obviously on Disney. Plus, probably, unless it's been taken off because there's maybe something problematic in it. I don't know. Probably not. I think we're good. All right. So tune in next week. We got uh, an oldie, but an oldie. I don't know if it's a yeah. goodie yet. We can't say that yet. <laughs> Skinner's sense of snow. All right. Um, in the meantime, you can hit us up on the social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And uh, if you're so kind, get your favorite punk catching app and leave us five stars or the equivalent. But you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us uh, your goon training and which method of gouging you prefer. And if you don't want to type all that much, you can chat with us. Well, you can just leave a voicemail, not really chat with us. Go to the show notes, scroll down, look for uh, uh, leave a message. You can do that. You even go to anchor.fm slash 138simpsons and, and there's a button there too to leave a message. Leave us a voicemail. We want to put it on the show. Yeah, we want to hear from you. And hey, uh, we got that great new shirt, the uh, Bar Flyers shirt and uh, several other shirts on our TeePublic. That's tpublic.com slash user slash annoyedgruntboys. Check it out. Grab yourself a shirt or a mask or a notebook. That's right, Steve. And uh, for this week, I've been primary annoyed grunt boy Craig. And I've been Annoyed Goon Boy Steve. And remember, you're only here to fix my emotional problems. You can sniff all you want. It won't fix anything. Freaking millennials.